it's Thursday, March 23rd, and you're here with Pure Grace with Kitty to Karen. We'll get started in just a moment. Good to see you here. Okay. All right. Well, um, I had a little trouble getting set up today. It's been a busy morning and um, I'd like to get started, but I, we're going to talk about spring cleaning. I was out in my um, yard doing a little spring cleaning and it made me think of um, the stories here from Luke chapter 10. So let me go ahead and start by reading you Luke chapter 10. Jesus sends out 72 messengers. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go! I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me, but he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 messengers return. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have com been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, 
he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Ah, you answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That is the word of the Lord. Well, I thank you all for being here with me today. And whether you're listening live or you're listening to this recorded, I thank you again for being here. I thank anyone who has encouraged me to stand up and share what I can to carry out God's will for my life. And most of all, I thank the Lord Almighty who sent angels into my life to push me to reveal his message at a time such as this. I'm grateful for it all. So <laughs> today um, I've been busy preparing. I've got a, two visitors coming to spend some time with me. And I started thinking, am I being like Martha? Am I worrying too much about all the little things? You know, this is a time when um, it's very important, as always, to get that message out. Just like the 72 who were sent out to go into the field and spread Jesus' ministry. You know, we have different attitudes out here. You know, we talked about um, an expert in the law. You know, the expert in the law had an attitude where the wounded man was a subject to discuss. The attitudes of the robbers, the wounded man was someone to use and exploit. To the religious men, the wounded man was a problem to be avoided. Remember, they walked to the other side of the road. They just kept going. To the, to the innkeeper, the wounded man was a customer to serve, but only for a fee. To the Samaritan, the wounded man was a human being worth being cared for and loved. But to Jesus, each one of them, whether they were the expert in the law, whether they were the robber, whether they were religious man, whether they were the innkeeper or the Samaritan, to Jesus, all of them, just like all of us, 
are worth dying for. You know, confronting the needs of others brings out different attitudes in us. Jesus used the story of the good but despised Samaritan to make clear what attitude was acceptable to him. If we are honest, we will often find ourselves in a place of the expert in the law, needing to return again who our neighbor is. Keep note of the different attitudes towards a wounded man. Which one are you? You know, we just passed a law in my city. And, um, you know, at first it seemed like a good idea because it is an issue. But in, in our city, especially just around the corner from my house, um, there's a place where um, many homeless people and drug addicted people um step into the street at the stoplight and stand in the median begging for money. They don't really want food. They don't really want other things. They want money probably to get their next fix, whether it's drugs or alcohol. They choose to live a life this way. And, um, but, you know, often... We turn our faces away, avoid them, and I'm probably guilty of doing that like the religious men that walked by and turned, you know, walked to the other side of the street. I don't know if it's fear, but maybe it's more not wanting to deal with that, to deal with what that entails when it comes to caring for our fellow man, caring for our neighbor. Um, so the law that was just passed here in my city was that it will now be um, illegal to panhandle on the street corners on public property, you know, in the street. But not only that, it will be illegal to give anything, whether it's money or food or maybe even a Bible. Um, it will be illegal to give anything to one of these folks who's panhandling on the street. And at first it sounded like it was a good idea to keep people safe because we've had lots of instances where um, some of these people, because they may be wearing dark clothing that blends in, um, some of these areas aren't very well lighted and they step into the street and get run over in the traffic. And I think initially it sounds like a good idea, you know, say, oh, yeah, um, not a good idea to be out in the street. You know, let let the government control that. But what happens when you decide to give one of these people um, a Bible or something about, um, you know, talking to them about their savior? You know, now we have to rethink in our town because we don't want to get arrested either. You know, like Jesus was talking about, um, you know, to go through these towns and keep going, you know, if, if it's uh, if they don't want to, um, you know, be with you or or, uh, you know, and I, I see this, you know, woe to you, Corazine, woe to you, Bethsaida, well, woe to you, Jacksonville is what I'm thinking right now. Um, you know, this is, it's starting to sound like, hopefully, it's going to lead a lot more of these homeless to get help because we do have a serious problem in our community um, with people choosing to be homeless so that they can continue to use their drugs um, rather, rather than... Um, find shelter that's provided for them. Um, they'd rather live in harsh conditions and beg for money than uh, change their life. And it, and it makes you wonder, you know, these are the people that Jesus wants us to turn to. And, um, 
you know, we get involved in all our little things. Like right now, I've got a busy day today. I'm preparing for my guests to arrive. And like Martha, I've been busy, busy. You know, I just had the pressure washer out and um, was cleaning off my porch because all the pollen and everything that builds up here, we have oak trees everywhere and they're pretty much done blooming. And so with the guests coming, I wanted it to look nice. Um, but uh, maybe I'm worrying about too many things. My guests will be here tomorrow and I want to be there and listening. I want to be in the moment with them, just like Mary was there in the moment with Jesus. Um, it's actually my brother that's coming and I have two brothers and one of my brothers is probably in the category of um, the man that was on the street that was not well, that they kept walking by. And so, but this brother that's coming to visit, um, I need a lot of prayer because my goal is when I spend this week with him, I'm praying that I can bring Jesus to him and his wife. Um, we weren't raised with Jesus in my household through things that I tell you about here. Um, uh, I just pray, you know, I have my brother that's coming to visit. He actually works for the FDIC and um, he's got a job that causes him to have to travel a lot. And uh, he's been exposed to a lot of things. And with all that's happening in the world today, um, I visited with him about a year ago, and he had a lot of questions, and we haven't been very close, but this is an opportunity. I, You know, just something came up, and I'm going to get to spend some time with him. Um, wasn't expecting it. It was kind of um, unexpected, and so I'm hoping that this will be a time that my husband and I can witness Jesus to him. Um, and so, like I said, we're going to ask that, um, <laughs> Christ, thank you. Yes. That Christ will be made real for him. That's yeah. Because, um, he's, he's had a lot of troubles in his life. And, um, some of those were things that we had to deal with, with our parents. And so we chose our own directions and, um, I was kind of, I've kind of been like Martha, always preparing, always preparing. And I want to be more of a Mary who is at Jesus' feet and listening more carefully. But, um, yeah, so we just had our elections. I'm going to change keys here just a little bit. We just had our elections for mayor here. We're going to have a runoff because everything was so close. But, uh there was so much, um, you know, it was almost like uh, what our um, last presidential election was here locally. It was unbelievable, the mudslinging and the dirt that was being passed around. And it was so hard to see the, what the candidates really stood for. And if there were even candidates, um, I felt like there were some candidates very worthy of voting for but the problem that we have like so many other things um, we have a system that uh, one requires you to have a good amount of money in order to um, put yourself in front of people and with that often the best qualified person is not the one who uh, gets elected because people tend to vote for those who they recognize instead of looking at the platforms that they stand on and the integrity that they live with. And I know I would like, 
I would like to be known for my integrity. And it's really hard to carry that out when you want to vote for people who may not be full of integrity themselves, you know. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what you think about those kinds of things, but yeah. It, it's we're in a different world and Jesus talked about it right here like he did to the 72 when he sent them out and we've got to be the 72 now we've we've got to get our voices heard we've got to do what we can locally and it's going to start with our families and our neighbors um yeah I, I don't know, I can <laughs> go off in different directions, but I have to be quick today because I, I have to go pick up um, grandkids today. And I have to tell you a story too. So we went, um, grandkids had Monday off because of a teacher's planning day. And so I took two of my grandkids to a nature park that I didn't know existed. And it's right down the street from my house. It's like two miles away. Anyhow, it was really interesting. We went inside. They had an inside building, and um, we went inside, and they had an exhibit. First, it was um, like taxidermied animals and things, and then they had uh, a display on the mastodon and how you can find mastodon teeth and whatever um, in some of the springs here in our area. So I had that on display and then I had another display of animals and it was going through all the, um, I can't, I don't even remember what, what all the eras are called, like the Pleistocene and the Jurassic or whatever. And it's telling tens of thousands of years ago. And my granddaughter, who's 11, she said, why do they have those years on there? That's a lie. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that is a lie. <laughs> you know, sometimes science, um, they try to tell you things that they're guessing on. And it's that's not what Jesus tells us in the Bible, you know. And she says, that's right. It's not in the Bible. So I was so proud of her for that. And... Um, then as we were walking around, I don't know what else came up in the conversation, but she then said, and you know what else my teacher told me? When I was in fourth grade, my teacher told me that we never went to the moon, that the moon landing was fake. <laughs> I said, oh, I love your teacher. <laughs> I didn't know teachers were actually teaching the truth out there. This is in public school that she learned that. So I was like, yes, <laughs> there's hope yet. Um, uh, yeah, so we had a lot of conversation as we were walking through the walking through the um, the trail there. So there's a nice little hiking trail. It's a little park called Tree Hill, and inside they had the funnest turtles. I shouldn't say funnest; that's not really a word. But they had these cute little turtles that were very, very. Um, lively because they don't have a lot of visitors there when we were there we we're the only ones inside the exhibit and as we we're leaving some more families came in but um yeah they had snakes all the native snakes and they had them separated one room was all the non-venomous and the other room was the the uh, venomous snakes and uh we had a, we had our own little audience we had one of the docents there that was caring for the um snakes was telling him all about them and telling them their names you know and he was saying yeah come back and you'll get to see um what we have here so anyhow uh and then outside they had goats and they had some funny funny goats you know we got to feed the goats up close and and they had some wild pigs they had the biggest ears i didn't know wild pigs had such big ears they were really cute too they looked like um, if you've ever seen some of those Disney characters, there's a pig in that Moana movie. And those pigs looked like the cartoon pigs in that Moana movie. So I thought that was funny. Um, not that I'm a Disney fan and I don't want to go there today because I, I, yeah, I, I didn't tell you about my Disney experience recently. And I'll tell you about that next week. But um, uh yeah, so we had a goat and they had lots and lots of chickens and one rooster and the rooster crowed for us and it had an owl and a skunk 
and then these trails it's about two and a half miles so we had a really nice time and we kept the kids off the tablets the whole day <laughs> so <laughs> that was my goal is to get those kids entertained but i i just was so pleased when my grandkids and i had this open conversation about God's truth and God's creation and how some of these museums try to lie to us. They had just come back from visiting in Virginia on a long trip and they had gone up to uh, the Smithsonian buildings and they were telling me about the fake moon rocks and the fake um, aircraft at the museum. I'm like, I'm so glad they're telling me about this, but they got to go see this stuff in person. And yeah, even they as children, you know, a, a 12 year old and an 11 year old telling me how, you know, these aircraft could have never have gone into space because, you know, couldn't go in the vacuum, la la la, you know that it was too flimsy to have gone to the moon and back. So, but that was, it was just a really, really good time knowing that I could talk with them openly because there aren't too many people that I can talk to openly anymore. And I'm hoping more people are going to wake up. There's so much more out there um, telling us the truth. And that's what we've got to do. You know, we've got to be like those 72 and go out and um, spread Jesus' love to our neighbors, not by confronting them, but by gently planting those seeds. You know, whether it's, um, I'm hoping when I'm finished with my visit with my brother that um I'll start my sourdough starter because I'd like to be better about uh, greeting all my neighbors. I know I have neighbors that I say hello to, but I don't really know most of their names. You know, we wave to each other as we drive down the street. And I've got this big garden that maybe some of them would like to uh, share Uh you know, things from the garden. Maybe they don't have space in their yard and maybe they'd like to come garden with me. You know, I'm open to that. You know, maybe they want to have some chickens. I'm down to two chickens right now. And, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to have chickens on their property, but maybe they want to have some on mine, you know, people that we can share the eggs and the care for, you know. I don't know, but I would like to get to know my neighbors better. I kind of live in a funny little neighborhood. There's a lot of really nice people here, but I think a lot of people are kind of leery of making friendships because just a few, like a block over, um, it's kind of the ghetto over there. <laughs> and I live in a house that was built five years ago, seven years ago, excuse me. I, I can't believe I've been here that long. But it's a new house. And then, you know, there's like a hundred year old house across the street. So houses of all different ages and, but lots of different generations in this funny little neighborhood that I've moved to. And it's kind of how it should be. You know, we need to have things that we can sustain, you know, and neighbors that we can help out that we want to call on. Um, and that is one of the difficulties when you haven't been somewhere your whole life and your neighbors haven't been there their whole lives. And when you move because of a job, you know, or you just taught, you know, you need a different place to live because maybe you have a bigger family or maybe a smaller family and something's too much to care for and things have changed so much. But, um, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know if anybody's interested in, calling in um do i have it open yep i have it open um if you're not interested in calling in i didn't have a song picked out today i was having technical issues and good to see you rocky and wow 75 chickens i just have two yeah i just have two and they started giving me eggs again and I have, I did discover, I've got one that kind of has gained a taste for eggs and they're getting old and so they don't lay egg every day. But um, uh, my little Amelia, she's decided she likes to eat eggs and so I have to get them before she gets to them. 
<laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Hey, Rocky. Let's see. There's Rocky. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. I didn't. I didn't know you had a show out. Um, I'm in between tasks right now. It's spring thaw here. <laughs> melting the ice away from the from the places the sun ain't reaching yet. Oh my! I, you know we've had a few cold days, but today it's going to get up in the 80s. So this morning I went out and power washed my porch and my my front porch and my back porch because I have a visitor's coming. It was looking pretty bad, so I decided to dust it all off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just starting. We just got into the 50s today. Oh, wow. In a while. Yeah. Wow. Pretty brutal here this winter. Yeah. Lots of ice, though, huh? I got like four inches of ice in front of my kennel, and the, and the sun don't hit it yet. Mm. Not till midsummer. Then you know, I had to get, get the dog door open so the dogs can come out and play in the yard for a good day. Yeah. <laughs> They've been yeah. cooped up all, all winter, too. <laughs> Right. Yep. Well, I have, I'm out in my little studio. This is where I do all my sewing and my computer work and whatever. And right outside the window, some mockingbirds built a nest. And while I was cleaning the porch off today, they were dive bombing me. So I got to figure out how to, <laughs> how to get the door. So yeah, yeah, go yeah. through the door without getting hit by them. But you reminded me, I let my chickens out to go run around and catch bugs, you know, and do the things that they do because they dig these big holes in their own coop, you know, and, and yeah. I, I let them out, but I didn't let them back in. So I gotta, when we're done here, I got to go let them back in. <laughs> and did you say you have some animals too, besides your dogs? I, I've just got dogs here. I'm in, in a, in a small town here, a little farming town. Okay. But I plan on getting me a couple chickens here this year. Oh, good. You know, I will drive my wife nuts, but Oh, well, she no, she'll them. love them. She'll love them. <laughs> she wanted to buy her eggs no more. <laughs> she, she, she gets them from a local person here that has about 50 chickens. and Oh, my. She buys she buys a, a ton of eggs all the time. And and uh, I said, you know, we can raise some chickens. Because here in, here in my state, you can live anywhere in the state, and you're allowed to have three chickens, three ducks, or three turkeys. Huh. And do they worry about if they're hens or can, are they just hens or can you have a rooster? Well, you're, you're allowed to have a rooster, but you know, you're also have to put up with noise complaints, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just there curious. are certain chickens that don't crow all the time too. I mean, it just depends on right. which breed you buy. I, right. I, I was able to get with a guy years ago who raised several different species of chickens and uh he was he was taking them to show places like up in kankakee illinois which was just a hop skip and a jump mm -hmm. where i lived at and we had polish and we had uh silkies and we had cochins and lagrons reds and some whites and uh the black rocks had all kinds of chickens had a wow. bunch of ducks too and roan ducks and I like the grown duck because they have big eggs and they're good. Mm. They make a big difference when you when you eat chicken eggs all your life and you taste a grown egg. You know, a grown huh. egg looks like a giant mallard or they look like a sandy colored duck. Huh. Those things have the best eggs, I think. I've ate the goose eggs that we had there. We had the loose geese there and we had a whole bunch of different ducks and, and uh, we had some Canadians there. And of course, we had a monster amount of chickens. But, uh, so, so are the ducks more friendly too than the chickens? I don't know a lot about taking yeah. care of ducks. Ducks aren't too awful bad. I mean, you can walk amongst them, but 
if you start feeding them, they just don't remember, or they don't know that you run out of food, and they start, you know, chasing you around trying to get. Oh no! Food. <laughs> so. I know my my chickens. I've got um, buff Orpingtons and Easter Eggers, and the buff Orpingtons are extremely friendly. I had some of them that you know they like to climb up on, sit on your shoulder like a pirate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, you know, they seem to recognize you. Even the um, Easter Eggers, um, they're not quite as friendly. One of them is more friendly than the other, but they definitely recognize you and they're pretty good. They don't, you know, try to hurt you or anything. They And they seem really pleased when you give them treats, you know, like I give them scraps from in the house and they love, you know, if I give them some you know, any kind yeah. of spinach kind of greens and stuff. They love that. Chickens and ducks could be like dogs. I mean, I had them, you know, I was around them enough to where they would follow me around. Uh -huh. you know, what I was doing, they were following and gather around me like they were waiting for something. And right. They'd be doing something like cutting weeds down or something. Maybe just right there, just picking them up, <laughs> you know, waiting for me to do something else. But, I love uh, them. <laughs> we also raised a lot of Araucanas, the, the Easter Oh, yeah. I won a bet one time with the radio station about the Easter egg chicken. They said, what kind of chicken lays a different colored eggs? I said, Aracana. And he said, well, we've heard that, but mm -hmm. we don't believe there's an Easter egg chicken. So I grabbed one of the hens and a rooster up and put him in a, a carrier, took it down there. And I was showing it to him. And all of a sudden the hen squirts out an egg. <laughs> I grabbed the guy's coffee cup and I cracked the egg and I pop it down in there and, and I got the shell in my hand. I said, now, when you die an egg, does it die all the way through? He says, no. I said, well, look at this egg. And I opened mm -hmm. my hand up and he seen that the, the color went all the way through the eggshell. Yeah. That's, that's the Easter egg chicken. It says the Aracana yeah, that... South American chicken. Right. And they They were just completely beside themselves from that point on. Yeah, we don't have to dye our Easter eggs. We just get those. No. Um, we have the ones that lay blue. I know there's the well, olive eggers, their, too. It also depends on the mood, what colors they have. Yeah. You know, sometimes they can be stressed out. They'll they'll lay a, a red egg. When you're in a pleasant situation, you see more green eggs. And in between that, you see the blue eggs. Well, like, now, these... Know. these um, solely do blue eggs sometimes they're a little darker blue than others that's why they're the easter eggers so they're derived from the araucanas um but it's now recognized as a breed they weren't a few years ago and now they are recognized as their own <laughs> breed and that's and the thing is you know people are, are starting to interbreed chickens and stuff right size or whatever and, and are getting different ones but the Aracana, depending on its mood depends on the colors of eggs you get i didn't know that about them yeah that's yeah. pretty cool well normally um, they they normally they have a green egg because they're in the wild or free-ranging in south america where they were actually developed and they were camouflage so mm -hmm. they weren't so easy to be picked up by a by a, a predator. Right. But every now and then they pop blue ones and of course they would find the eggs be busted open. Or they would yeah. tear it off. But yeah. yeah it's kind well, of a self defense mode for them. Right. Well, we deal with raccoons and possums getting in the, and actually neighborhood cats too get in yeah. the chicken coop sometimes. That's how I lost five. I lost five chickens from this. Uh, it looked like about a six month old Siamese cat from one of the neighbors. Um, it got into the chicken coop because of my chicken Scarlet. Scarlet likes to dig her way out and then let herself back in. And usually she fills the hole back up, but sometimes she forgets. And sure enough, a cat got in and it scattered all the chickens out of the coop yep. and got a couple of them and two of them ran away. And yeah, it was a mess. I, but, had, a, I had a friend of mine who had a, uh, he had, had just bought uh, a whole bunch of, uh, I would say they were probably about a month old chickens. They were, you know, a handful. Right. And uh, he lost all of them. Oh. Raccoons got inside to dig on the uh, brooding pen he had set up and oh. dug underneath it. Yeah. And uh, killed all the chickens in there. And he went in there. The raccoons couldn't figure out how to get out. You know, right. they were still stuck in jail there. 
Right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen him in there. I've seen him on my cameras, you know, crawling around in the yard, heading straight for the coop. But yeah, <laughs> thank goodness I haven't, you know, encountered them that way. I did almost get an eagle on me. Um, my dog, <laughs> the little Karen Terrier, he was so cute. He was 17 pounds. And um, one day I'd let him to roam in the yard. You know, we have a fenced in yard. And so I let him out to roam. And he usually would come in like 15 minutes after I let him out. And he didn't come in. So I went to go look for him. And as I stepped out the door, I felt this whoosh of air on the back of my neck and I turned and looked and there was a bald eagle and I saw my little dog go running and he ran underneath the trailer and you could see him shaking with his tail between his legs so apparently <laughs> he didn't come back in because one of the eagles in the neighborhood um, tried to get him yeah we have yeah, bald we eagles near here and then we have golden eagles also and then yeah, and then lots of red-shouldered hawks, and there's another hawk, I forget what it is, or a falcon that, that's in the neighborhood, and an owl, and we have a barred owl that lives behind in the yard behind us. We have so. great horn owls here, and, and they raise heck mm. with the stray cats. We I live in a town that's considered a cat sanctuary. They don't uh -huh. they don't gather them up. I just neuter them or yeah. feed them and turn them back out to keep the rats down here because it's a farming town. Oh, uh, a couple granaries here. Yeah, and uh, you know, but I have a hawk, a, a great horn owl sits on the lamp post at the end of my driveway every night during the winter time. It's like he's waiting yeah. for a cat, and in the summertime, they all take back up to the mountains and. You don't see them, but in the winter right. time, you always see an eagles, mm -hmm. the 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 uh, bald eagle and the golden eagle, and then we have prairie falcons, we have uh, red tails, and uh, can't remember what that other. We got another hawk here too, but mm -hmm. they're always out pestering the crap out of the the pets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they usually leave the pets alone, but that one day, it's like, oh, my poor little Jackie. <laughs> he was so scared. <laughs> he was shaking the whole day after that. Yeah, he was a funny little guy. I miss him. But, um, yeah, anyway, I have to go pick up kids from school. So, it was so nice talking to you, Rocky. Anything else that you wanted to let us know about before we go? Was there anything no. else that you wanted to talk about Not really i mean you know if, if you if you want to uh raise chickens and you haven't raised chickens before read up on it first because right it can be a real disappointment or it can be a complete nightmare right yeah but yeah. if you get a hold on it it works out pretty good yeah it's actually pretty easy there's some of the easier animals and and you get food every day once they are in lane um mode you know once they're old enough uh the pullets they get you know you get the little chicks and then they grow into teenagers that they call pullets or cockerels if they're you know if they're male and and then they grow from there into their hens and they start laying eggs i know yeah. the i guess it was about was it six months i guess when they're about six months they start laying sporadically and then yeah, when they, by that, the time yeah. By the time they're, it depends on the breed, but by the time they're a year old, they it also get de lots of depends. It also depends on if you're, if you're hatching your own chicks. Right. If you do it in the wintertime, yeah, they'll start breeding in the springtime. Right. But if you do it in the summertime, a lot of times it's like midwinter before they'll start. Sometimes yeah. early spring before they'll start laying eggs, but you have to be patient with them. Yeah. Wintertime, it might not put out as many as you find all over the summertime. Right. You know, it just depends and depends on the food. And you always throw your scraps out in their yard, and they'll eat them up. Yeah, so. I was. I can't remember what nation it is, but there's some nation in Europe that um, told people that they wanted everybody to get two chickens for each person or that, something, that and and. Is it Sweden? And then it yeah. reduced their waste because they also told them they wanted them to feed all their food scraps to the chickens. And, and it they also had destroyed their egg uh, 
uh, industry too, because everybody had so many eggs. Yeah, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. If you can do it at home and feed them with your scraps, you know, and they feed you back. Um, I think that's pretty good. You know, any old (laughs) grain you got laying around from the other animals or from your harvest, you can just feed it to them during the wintertime. Yeah. Well, I got to go wrangle my chickens here, (laughs) but um, thank you, Rocky. I I don't know if there's anything else that we, I know there's a lot of things we could talk about, but um, the most important thing that we want to talk about is, is just um, our relationship with our father in heaven, you know, and, and uh, so let's have a prayer here. Cause I'm going to close up. I, like I said, I got a late start today because of the, um, I had one some last technical thing. issues. Oh yeah. One last thing, Kitty. Be kind to everybody. Of Even course. If they don't want you to be kind to them. Just be kind to right. them. That's right. That's our job. There's, there's a lot of anger out there in the world right now. I'm a lot serious. of people who are feeling um, defeated um, and um, hopeless and they just need some love and kindness. You know, maybe, maybe they don't have, um, you know, enough of that in their lives. And so we got to do our best to keep our cool when we're in a tough situation and to consider what Jesus told us. And that is to love one another, right? To treat each other with kindness, you know, and if somebody really is getting on your case, it's best to say, Hey, it's okay that if we disagree, but I'm going to walk the other way now. Um, because yeah, we don't want to cause somebody else to sin either. Sorry, we don't want to cause anybody else to sin either. So um, with that, that's my reminder. I guess I need to be getting out of here. So thank you. And let's go ahead and pray. Um, gracious Lord, according to your will and promise, You sent your son into our world to atone for sin and restore eternal life. You planned his path to the cross and he followed it perfectly. He confronted the blindness of unbelief, the confusion of doubt and the hurt of death, but was not deterred as he proclaimed your kingdom to the least, the last and the lost. As we hear and contemplate the holy record of our savior's passion and death, Use the sharp message of the law to empty us of pride and self-reliance. Humble us as we view the Savior in his humility, remembering and believing that he endured the cross so we might be freed from its horror. In his suffering, show us our healing. In his grief, show us our joy. And in his death, show us our life. Lord, We pray for all the unspoken prayers here today. We pray for all of those who are hurting, for all of those who are lonely, for all of those who are seeking. Please, Lord, show them your love and send the Holy Spirit to fill them with the knowledge of their Savior, Jesus. Hear our prayers, Lord, for the sake of Jesus. Amen. Well, I thank you, my friends. I thank you for being here. I'm going to leave you with uh, just some of the stock music here because I got to skedaddle. I got to (laughs) go rodeo up some chickens and and pick up some kids from school. But I will... Uh, talk to you next week. I will not have a live show next week, but I will be back live the following week. So I thank you again, friends, and we'll see you soon.